Hey there, friends. Welcome to the CFC Leadership Podcast, where we focus on everything campus ministry, college ministry, and young adult ministry related. Whether you're already working in one of these ministry areas, thinking about starting a ministry, or just have a burden for this age group, this podcast is meant just for you. I'm your host, Kyle Austin, and now it's time to join with us in today's conversation. We want to look at a question I receive often, and it is this, what should I teach to young adults or what should I teach to college students? I think this is an excellent question. Anybody who teaches on a regular basis or leads a Bible study probably asks themselves this question often and many times as you go along. So let me just share with you a few thoughts, a few ideas uh, in this regard. I'm definitely not an expert, uh, but I can share with you what I've learned personally, what we practice, and also what many of our other CFC uh, leaders are doing. I would say this before we even begin is to do this is to create the environment. What do you mean create the environment? I want an environment, or we need to create an environment where young adults and college students feel comfortable and want to come. Now, I know many of us may uh, have a hard time with the class setup. You may not be able to dictate it. Uh, You may be able to, and that's awesome. So I want to start here just with a few thoughts on the room setup. I mean, many times on our campuses, we may have the choice uh, to have a conference-style room set up just like we want. We may not. It may be in an academic space that is theater-style. You may be using a Sunday school classroom that is used for something else, and so you don't have the ability to set it up like you do or like you would like to. Now, I've learned some stuff over the years about the room setup speaks to students as they walk in. And Lifeway Research just did a blog post, I guess, about three or four weeks ago. And just sharing really some things that I've experienced. And it was this, that the room says something to people as soon as they walk in. And so they gave four different room style setups and the benefit of each. And these are room styles that we've all used. So if you have the typical classroom setting, chairs are in a row, they're all facing forward, and you have the teacher standing at a podium. That's your typical Sunday school classroom or teaching format. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, But what they did say is as far as the uh, ability for discussion, the way the uh, people that are there are listening, it puts them on a different level. So you have the teacher is there as authority. It's almost like the teacher and the you know the class and school. Uh, and so discussion can be hindered. The uh, the way to bring people together can be hindered a little bit. Uh, the next way to do that would be instead of standing at the podium, take the same classroom setup and sit down at a table with a chair or sit down uh, on a stool or something like that. They say, why would I want to do that? Well, this puts you on the same level as the those that are there is and the discussion. This is what we're aiming for, I believe, with young adults and college students. We want to get them involved. We can teach to them. And if they're in college, they're getting that all day long. But what I've noticed is if you can create an atmosphere, a Bible study atmosphere where young people can get involved in it, they can be engaged, they can be forced to think, they actually like it and they participate. And guess what? In a Bible study is what we are doing. We as the teacher are actually learning from them. Now, it doesn't mean it's just a free frawl of everybody's just talking and throwing out stuff. Uh, the teacher is leading. Um, you're asking open-ended questions to provide provoke that discussion, to get people thinking, to get people talking. So you're leading through that. In order to do that, you want to set the environment so it'll be most beneficial for it. And so there you have the teacher standing up. Now you have the teacher sitting down. It promotes more discussion. People feel a little more at ease. They feel a little more comfortable. It's not quite the authoritative type uh, feel. The next best would be to have tables and chairs in a big U or square. So everybody's kind of comfortable. You're sitting down. Your Bibles are out. You can take notes. You can, uh, you can have water 
water, food, whatever, right there with you. Uh, it just kind of sets the mood and makes everybody feel comfortable. People are looking at each other, and the discussion just just blossoms from there. Uh, that's what we love as a Bible study setting. Lifeway Research went to take it one more step further and said they felt the best would be, yes, that type of setup, but with couches and like home type chairs and stuff like that in a circle just to create such a relaxed atmosphere. And so regardless of what you got um, with your room, you you may have a classroom style and maybe you just could maybe sit down and just try it and see if it makes anything different. You may can put tables in and create this type U or this square shape where people are around and you can discuss and facilitate it. I did have one young adult leader kind of uh, take this and experiment with it. And before, uh, it was your typical classroom setup. He uh, he had chairs. The the podium was up front. And he said he put tables in and sat down at the front. And he said, here was the difference. He said, before um, I could go in, there was little discussion. Uh, We would end and everybody would leave. He said, when I set up the tables, and this was classroom, he didn't put them in the U, but he did put them facing forward and kind of angled them. Um, he said that uh, now the discussion just grew. People were talking, people were discussing, they were engaging in the study. And then he said when the, the time was over with, I could not get them out. Before they just got up and left. Now they were talking, talking, engaging, connections were being made, relationships were being built. And he said I had to actually kick them out to go on to the morning service. And so I just say this to you. I know not everybody has the ability, so do the best with what you've got. You can experiment to see what you will get, but just know just because the first week doesn't work, give it some time. Give it, you know, two, three, four weeks for people to adjust, but create an environment, right, where people are comfortable to come. We want them to be comfortable to talk. So we want to create an atmosphere of discussion. We want to create an atmosphere where they can share their doubts. That's what we're aiming for. We're trying to get this relational comfort type setting. We want them to be able to share their doubts. We want them to be able to ask the hard questions, and knows that they will not be judged, they will not be looked down upon, and we need to be willing to go as deep as they're wanting to go. Sometimes in the young adult stage, the college stage, uh, we're able to go with them, maybe with what parents were afraid to talk about, or even the youth pastor could not cover just because of the age, and you know, sometimes they have middle school and so forth. And so now we can go deeper with them. We can handle some issues and questions and kind of walk with them through that. So that's it. One, create an environment. Then secondly, I would say this variety is the spice of life. What does variety got to do with what I should teach? Exactly. We want a variety of how we teach. Uh, You can do a lot of different things. I don't think we need to be bound by this one specific way of teaching or this one topic, or we need everything just to relate or, or be geared directly towards that age group. I think we can do that in application. There are some great studies and stuff that we, everything we do, of course, is aimed at the college age young person, but we're still doing expositional studies. We're walking right now through the book of James. You can walk through Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, any of the small books of the Bible. You can tackle a big book if you'd like to, but a lot of times those small books and just walking through it uh, so that way they can read along, they can read ahead. Uh, You're asking questions, you're teaching the main themes of that book, you're giving the context. So read through or study through a book. You can do topical studies. Studies on a word or an, or on an issue or a question. Uh, you can do topical studies on a character. They're always great because people can relate to the lives of people. I would say this, uh, variety is the spice of life for me personally, but I've also noticed that with our young adults and college students. Uh, I used to do a lot of 13-week studies. There is nothing wrong with 13-week studies. I know a lot of them are provided from uh, great uh, resources uh, and great groups put that type of stuff out. 
And what I noticed is I've kind of shrunk back to four, six, or at the most eight-week studies. And the reason being is I know one in our culture, attention spans are less, but it just seems to give a variety where I can do expositional, then I can do topical, then I can do a character study, and then I can do a hot topic issue. And it just gives me a whole lot more flexibility. Now, it's easier for me as a teacher to have the 13-week because I know where I'm going. And it's set for 13 weeks, and I only have to come up with the idea four times a year. But when you're doing four, six, eight-week studies, you're constantly having to think, okay, what's going to be next? So it's a little more work for me as a teacher, but I see as I interact with the young adults and the college students, it breeds an excitement to know, okay, we're going to hit this for four weeks, and we're going to go over here and do this. Uh, Or I can throw out a question, and hey, we actually will cover it in class because we'll take two weeks. Uh, And so... That's just me. That's what uh, I do uh, or I've navigated doing because I see the difference in the young adult and the college students' lives. And so I would say this, even if you're, let's say you're walking through a 13-week study or you're walking through an eight-week study or six-week, whatever it is, also don't be afraid to stop and deal with a question that's come up, deal with a hot topic issue. We just did that. We're walking through the book of James, and I said, we're pausing. And we're just going to look deeply for about four to six weeks on the issue of abortion. It's when the Supreme Court uh, came out, a lot of talk. I said, we just need to see biblically and see uh, exactly how to answer some of these questions that are show- that are showing up in the media and the culture. And uh, you're hearing in class and you're hearing at the workplace. And so we did that and we came right back and started in the book of James. One other thing I would mention is I've learned over the years is sometimes the discussion gets going and it's great. And so you may get to point one and that's it. And it's okay, just stop, come back the next week and pick up at point two. Uh, I used to think, man, I've got to get all two or three or four points in and I've got to speed through the last five minutes of the study time. But I've learned uh, it doesn't have to be that way uh, because you can't uh, predict the engagement and the questions and the discussion that comes up. Uh, Sometimes it's little, sometimes it's a lot. You say, how do I engage with the discussion? I'll ask a question, nobody talks. Well, let me say this, you have to be the master at the awkward silence first. And we tell our group, we say, look, uh, you know, as we get to know people and we're starting out new for this semester, we let them know, hey, we're masters at awkward silence, meaning we will sit here to give you enough time uh, to think through it and bring an answer. I know sometimes it gets quiet and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to answer it for them. No, allow them the time to think through, allow them the time to process and then engage. uh, And you'll see the discussion will become very profitable. And some weeks it's less, some weeks it's more, some weeks I can't even get past point number one because, man, we've gone deep and discussion is great and I am learning as a teacher why I didn't think about it that way and and it's so good so variety is a spice of life one thing you can do is take surveys. I do this often. Uh, it helps me to know what issues my young adults and students are facing. It helps me to know uh, what they would like to see uh, covered. And it, I allow them to do these surveys anonymously. And so you can just ask, hey, what's a topic you'd like covered? What's a current event issue you'd like answered? Uh, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Uh, anything like that. And take them up periodically, maybe once per semester. I'm getting to do one in just a couple of weeks because it helps me tremendously, not only to know what to maybe teach next uh, because I get a lot of ideas that way, uh, but also to know uh, where they're at and what they're experiencing on the on the front lines. Um, And I've taken those surveys and just walked through the key uh, answers and done like eight weeks or even 13 weeks. And sometimes when it's topical, you can do it that way. And I've just walked through completely and just answered every question that they had down there. Um, Some other ideas here as we think about this, I would say this focus on helping students know what they believe 
why they believe it, and where to find that in the Bible. Or we could take it another step, know what they believe, why they believe it, and how to defend that from the Bible. We want to equip students to understand and defend their faith. I believe this is an essential element to the teaching of the Bible study for this age group. You got to think about all their experience, and especially if they're if you're doing campus ministry, or dealing with college students, they got professors, they got teachers that are telling them many reasons why not to believe God exists, or this issue is relevant, uh, or this is not the truth, and so forth. And so, you and I need to be equipped to give them correct biblical answers and reasons for their faith. So, I would say get students into their Bible. Uh, that's important for me. I know they bring phones and iPads, and I don't have a problem with that. But just get them in interacting with the text, asking questions. Teach them how to study Scripture for themselves, how to find out the context of the passage, how to uh, know who's being spoken to, know uh, if it's prescriptive or descriptive, if it's telling them something to do or if it's just describing an event. Uh, help them to see the different uh, genres of literature and how that applies, and just get them to understand these things so that that they, I mean, our goal is just we want to give them something in our class or our Bible study, but we want them to be able to go deeper and to take that and really begin to learn on their own how to study Scripture for themselves. Um, and so I would also say give the gospel as much as possible, especially if you have visitors coming to your ministry often. Don't assume just because they're there that they're saved, especially if you're on a college campus. Give the gospel or have a gospel night once a month or once a semester uh, and help them to know, hey, we're going to give the gospel uh, uh, in two weeks from now and invite your unsaved friends, co-workers, classmates, whatever, and just know the clear presentation of the gospel is going to be given. Uh, many times this is good because they're, they're, they struggle or they're nervous about how to share their faith, but they will be willing to invite them and maybe some type of fun activity or something included with it. Um, you think about this, especially if you're dealing with college students, they are taking higher level education classes and they're being challenged. Uh, they're having homework, they're having reading, they're having projects so that they can do what? So they can learn uh, the trade or learn the skill or learn the topic of the class that they're uh, uh, being lear- or they're learning under. Uh, Barner Group puts out a lot of good information, and Faith for the Exiles is an excellent book a few years back. If you've not picked it up, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, it just gives all the positive information, uh, reasons why those that stayed in church as far as uh, the young adult age, why they did versus falling out. And they had this. This was an honest assessment of the church, I believe. And it says this, the church is one of the least demanding environments for young people in terms of what they are asked to do mentally and emotionally and of what is expected of them when it comes to serving and giving. Yet one of the most hopeful findings in our research is this, young exemplar Christians are more willing to be challenged than the church is willing to challenge them. We need to teach critical thinking, how to evaluate and understand propaganda, fake and real, truth and post-truth, worldview and theology, and so much more. We should offer classes and courses and seminars on all sorts of topics tailored to the pressures and questions young Christians are actually experiencing. And so as we ask that question, what should I teach, they give us a whole huge list here of different things that we can teach. I mean, this the idea of critical thinking, logic. I mean, that's very essential, how to think correctly, uh, how to evaluate the propaganda. So don't be afraid to have a spotlight during your teaching time where you bring up uh, different things in the news or in the media and say, okay, what about this? Is this true? Is it not true? How do we know it's true? Or how do we know it's not true? And help them to understand how to discern that and walk through that. Uh, Understand the difference in worldviews and theology. Uh, It can sound boring, right? When you say it, a theologian, uh, but theology is the study of God and help them to know how to study God and be excited about it. 
And I would say lastly here, um, this, we said we want to create an environment that's important so that we can have a good environment to teach in. Uh, in our teaching, we want to have a variety uh, that is the spice of life. But then lastly, I would say we want to make sure we have application, heavy application. I think that's where, you know, as we're aiming to reach this age group and try to teach to them, uh, we don't have to teach uh, young adults so how to be single and how to be single. You know, what we can do is teach through the whole counsel of God, but be heavy on application because they want to know this. What difference does my faith make in my life in 2022? And that should be the same question you're asking. So ask all the time as you're going through studying, as you're preparing, even if it's already a prepared study, uh, go through and Ask the question, what difference does it make in my life? Don't be afraid to give homework, right? Give homework, uh, challenge them, ask them, follow up with them. Uh, Students want to know how to live out their faith. And honestly, they want to be sure what they believe is relevant and makes a difference in their life. And that's where the application comes from. Everything that I teach is application heavy. Um, And I'll say this, uh, as far as the different things that you can teach, there's all sorts of resources striving together. Uh, I, I can't even think of them all. I've used them over the years. They give great topics. They give great 13-week studies. Uh, Summit does a lot of apologetic stuff. Um, Also on our website, you'll find all the studies that we've used on the college campuses over the years. There is a teacher outline. There's a study guide, and there's an MP3 podcast. Many of them have slides you can use. All of that is available to you you to use free of charge. You can download it. You can do what you want to with it. Um, and if you don't use it, you can do this. You can go and at least see what kind of the topics and what are the lesson uh, titles that we're aiming for and we're using. Uh, but that is there for you. I just wanted you to know that's a resource for you. And so as you ask the question, what should I teach young adults? Create that environment. That's very important. Don't skip out on that. Don't go jump, jump straight to the variety uh, is the spice of life and try to think through. Create an environment the best you can. And sometimes you as a teacher have to do that. And then just be willing to change stuff up, go through different ways, take that survey, find out what's going on in your students' lives, and then give them application every week, something they can do, they can take home, they can walk away with it, and they can say, okay, this is why this matters in my life right now. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegiate for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.